So here we go, John chapter 8. Uh, we're going to begin with uh, verse uh, 30 this morning, and, and, and let's pray uh, together. Lord, we thank you uh, for this morning, Lord. And we recognize, Lord, that, that we were made for freedom. Lord, we were not made to be enslaved or into bondage. Lord, that you created us to walk with you, to speak with you, to have a relationship with you. And Lord, as we look at the text this morning, I pray um, with all my heart, Lord, that we could step into all that Christ has done for us. And Lord, that you'd help me, Lord, to be able to communicate in a way that's winsome, uh, in a way that is grace-filled, in, in a way that brings forth uh, freedom in all of our hearts today to be the very best person you've designed us to be this side of heaven. And so help us, Lord, as we look at your word this morning to receive it and act upon it, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We come to begin our teaching this morning where we left off last week, verse 30. And it says, as Jesus was saying these things, many believed in him. In order to gain the extraordinary impact of this verse to understand it, we have to ask ourselves, who was it spoken to? Who did it represent? And this verse represented the people that believed in Jesus were the intellectual elites of the day. They were the scribes. They were the people that could read and write and the people that loved God's word, the Torah, the first five books, the ones that were penned by Moses. They, they, they loved it and they loved God's word. John also tells us the Pharisees were there. And I understand, you know, preachers love to uh, unload on the Pharisees. And we, we often use the term, uh, you know, you're a Pharisee in the pejorative, in the negative, in a way to demean someone. But, you know, to be a Pharisee was someone that was all in. They were all in to pursuing God, to wanting to take what was in uh, the law of Moses and to flush that out in a way that they could bring glory to God, in a way that they could serve God. Along the way, the Pharisees, they were just like you and I at times, is that we have that same heart to pursue God, that same desire, but, but somehow the the inside gets disconnected and, and we become more focused on the externals rather than pleasing God from a, a contrite, a broken heart, a heart that longs to experience his grace and his mercy. See, the intellectual elites, those that love God's word, those that wanted to pursue God, and yet, and yet their heart was in bondage, and they wanted to kill Jesus. They wanted to eliminate Jesus. 
And verse 30 is this amazing spiritual breakthrough that happens. The intellectuals are saying, yes, I get it. The Pharisees that are, that are all in say, finally, we've heard the truth. We recognize that this is the Messiah. And they turn to Christ and they believe in him with all of their heart. What precipitated that? What kind of broke the shell open, if you would, to allow that, that step of faith to happen? We only need to go to the, vo to, the, to the verses that precede it. In verse 28, it says, So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, then I do nothing on my own authority. And the scribes were, were like, whoa. And they remembered Numbers 21.9. As the children of Israel were being taken down by the serpents and how the Lord spoke to Moses to make a bronze serpent and put that bronze serpent on a pole and lift that pole up. And as the people's eyes lifted up to that bronze serpent, God healed them and set them free. And the religious leaders said, we get it. What are the implications for us today when we reflect upon that text? The implication is this, is that we've received many messages about what church life should be like, but the only message that transforms the heart, the only message that transforms the mind, the only message that ends up in spiritual transformation is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Because in every single one of us, we know that we're in bondage to sin and Jesus came to set us free from that sin. They believed, they responded, and we come to verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had what? Believed. The message that flows out of that is a, is a message to those that have trusted who have believed, and it's a message of freedom, a message of freedom from the things that kept them in bondage. It's the same message to you and I today. If you're a believer, Jesus issues this invitation to those people that had expressed faith in Jesus Christ to become a true disciple to become a true disciple to the place that they could become all that God had designed and destined them to be as they followed after Christ. Jesus gives them four things in this, in this one verse that brings about that freedom in the hearts of those that initially responded. When we hear these words, you can be free, you can be set free to be all that God has destined you to be. In our heart, the Holy Spirit begins to put his finger, begins to breathe his breath upon us. It's like Jesus said to Nicodemus, we don't know where that came from. It's like the wind. And the Holy Spirit even now puts his, begins to put his breath upon people Put, the, put his breath upon people's heart to come towards freedom because we are designed by God to be what? To be free. Can you say that word with me? 
Say it with me. One, two, three. Freedom. One more time. Freedom. We all want it. Yet, because we've been born in New England, we said, oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have bondage. Oh, give me bondage. No one prays for bondage in their right mind. No one does. We all want to be free. But how do we get there? There's four words that we can see if you're following along at home in the notes or here with your notes. There's four words that Jesus speaks that bring this freedom about in our hearts and our lives. Just as these scribes and Pharisees experience freedom, we're going to see in our text they had some questions. We might have some questions. We're going to have some questions about, well, I thought we were free, and Jesus is going to answer their questions. Jesus, they're going to say, well, you know, we're, we're, of the right, we're, we're of the right lineage. We're of Abraham. Jesus is going to answer that question. It's okay, it's okay to have those questions. But Jesus gives them four words. They're the same four words then as it is today that bring freedom into everyone's heart. The first one is to believe. It's a little Greek word. You know it well. It's pisturo, and it means this. To put your faith, to put your trust, to put your confidence. But what's the object of bestuo? That's the the driving force here. What's the object of the verb to believe? Is it a doctrine? Is it a building? Is it a steeple? It's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. It's to put our trust, put our confidence, put our allegiance direct our affections to the personhood of Jesus. Because when we read the Gospels, it is only Jesus that heals the afflicted. It's only Jesus that sets people free. Even when in our spirit, when we say the word, when we say his name, Jesus, if we've been converted, when we even say that name, Jesus, say it with, I don't know, this is quite the Baptist sermon today. Say it with me, Jesus. Our spirit gives witness. We're his. We belong to him. He's loved us. He's accepted us. He's given us freedom. Freedom from bondage. Freedom from sin. To be the very best person this side of heaven. We have come to that place because of the grace of God, his prevenient grace, that Jesus came to the cross, that all those that would turn to him, all those that would believe in him, all that would put their trust in him, he would rescue, redeem from sin and death and give us new life, new birth, give us freedom. The same way we began our journey in faith is the same way we walk it out. We walk it out because of the grace of God touching our hearts, wooing us, drawing us. And when we sense that grace of God, we choose, second word, to abide in it. The word meno here gives us that that sense of to remain present within the word of God. To, to be available to the word of God. 
I went for a swim yesterday, glorious swim, is wonderful. Went with my two grandchildren, Teal and Artie, and the pool that they went to was amazing. It was like six times this room, big slide. Anyway, that's not the point. Just trying to make you jealous that I had a great day yesterday. But minnow is like this. It's to be present and immersed in Jesus, to be present and immersed in his word. When Teal and Artie were in the pool, I, I stood on the deck, you know, you know I'm a totally, you know, I'm like, a, like I'm a little tanned here, but you go up here and it's like all white flounder meat. <laughs> and so I'm on the pool deck and in order to participate with Teal and Artie, I have to abide. Menno, I have to, like on the pool deck, I have to step in to the water. And I am what? When I'm in the water, I am immersed. Oh, you guys, you guys are awesome. You guys can teach us. I am immersed, I am present in, and I am abiding in Jesus. I am present with him. He is present by the power of his spirit all around me that I am available and present to the influence of his word and his spirit in my life. The most amazing transformational thing that happens when we believe and abide and are present with and immersed in Jesus is he does a transformational work in our heart, not only towards God, but towards people, is that we, for the first time, are set free from the bondage of sin and brokenness, so that we can be, a, so that we can be present for other people, that we can fully love another person that we can love God, but we can give our love to another person because he has healed our sinful nature and he has healed the brokenness of our heart. And so we are free to love God. And this is the most beautiful thing about life is we can love someone else with our whole heart, with our whole being, and sense our relationship with God, we say in our heart, all is right. And we can love another person so deeply because that barrier, that sinful barrier, has been removed by the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart and life, and we can freely give ourselves to God and freely give ourselves to another person. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like uh, all is right? The first service said the same thing. No way, I never felt that way. And then, then, of course, someone said, 
well, he's asking the question like, well, what about you? I remember a time in my life where I was seven years old, six, seven, seven, probably seven, seven and a half. I was up um, Willowbrook State Forest, Ashby, standing on the dam, looking at the pond as a seven-year-old. And it was dusk and the stars were coming out. And I was like, in my little boy heart, I was like, this is right. This is right. I remember another time I was a Cub Scout. I was at First Baptist Church in Stoneham. I don't know why the roof didn't fall on me. It was a miracle in itself. But I remember being there, and it was a, it was a Christian service. And I remember as like a nine-year-old, I remember like, this is right. And I remember as a 21-year-old, Air Force guy, praying to receive Christ and experienced his forgiveness. And I said, this is it. This is relationship with God because of the work of Christ, his forgiveness, that regeneration, that new birth that comes because I stepped in by faith and received everything that Jesus had for me. That is freedom. Freedom to love God Freedom to love other people. Jesus goes on. He says that if you will believe, if you will abide, if you will know the truth. Another little Greek word. I gave them in your notes. I even gave you the Strong's Concordance just so you can see. Is he really, is it really there? Gnosko. Jesus says to know the truth. Yes, to know it in your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. To know it in your mind so that it transforms your mind so that you experience what God has for you. So that you know what forgiveness is in your heart. So that you know what love really feels like. So that you know acceptance. And having known this, loving God, experiencing him, you can love other people. The scribes and the Pharisees, they, they wanted God, but their heart was not changed. And so Jesus gives them a promise. The promise is this, is, is that I, Jesus says, I will set you free. I will liberate you from sin. Liberate you, set you free. So that you can love God and that you can love people with all of your heart. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they, were, they, they wanted it, but they had questions. And so they questioned Jesus, and they say, they say to him, in verse 33, they answered him, well, we're the offspring, we're the offspring of Abraham. We've never been held in bondage. We've never been in bondage. And they're just like you and I, how quickly they forget. Did they not remember Babylon? Did they not see the movie? 
But Charlton Heston, did they, did they not? Not go to the cinema? The floodlights on the, no, that's, oh, that's heresy, yeah. Did they not remember? Did they, did they not realize they were occupied by Rome? And Jesus is offering them freedom. And they get 